Several years ago, Brother Bobby, y'all know Brother Bobby doesn't need a, really a, an invitation uh, or an introduction, but uh, several years ago, uh, Brother Bobby retired from his church and decided to move back home to Texas City, and he's been a great blessing to this pastor. Uh, I, I've come to, to know him in a greater way. Uh, I've always loved him uh, since the the first time I moved down to South Texas, and Brother Bobby was uh, one of the uh, mainstays of, of a, a group of preachers that made me feel welcome. I, I moved in from Shreveport, Louisiana, and uh, they made me feel at home. Uh, some of those brothers have gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, some of them have moved on to other areas. Uh, Brother Bobby stuck around, though, and, uh, and Brother Bobby made me feel welcome here. And, uh, and when he retired and, and the Lord led him to, to Landmark Church, I wanted him to know that he was welcome at Landmark. Uh, he and Sister Gail have been a tremendous blessing to our fellowship, and uh, uh, we try to use them as much as we can. Um, sometimes they, uh, well, it's, it's kind of a competition between me and Carl and Strickland. You know, I told Carl he's going to have to quit asking his church to give him Sundays off. Uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, uh, Brother Bobby has been a great blessing to us, and I'm sure you'll, you'll uh, get a blessing from the word that he has to, to bring tonight. Uh, you pray for him, and uh, pray that, you'd, that God will give him patience to deal with me, because I know that I'm, I can be a, a pistol sometimes. But, uh, but Brother Bobby is indeed a blessing. Brother, you come and, and preach the word. Appreciate you, Brother. It is a great blessing to be here tonight. I'll tell you what, I enjoy getting to preach, first of all. Uh, I just, I still love to preach. I wish I was physically able to pastor. And there's a lot of that that I miss. And I wondered, well, what would... What's God going to do with me after I quit? Well, I said preaching, pastoring. And you know, uh, today is mine and Gail's anniversary. And I thought once I retired, we could have anniversaries on our anniversary. But it's still not working that way. We have to plan it sometime down the road. But anyway, I love South Texas. Been here all my life. And uh, I thank God for everyone. I look around and some of you, well, Brother Mark's probably, he and I are, and I know there's some others don't, that are here tonight that uh, are probably been here longer than anybody else that's here tonight. Now, there may be some others. I'm not saying that. But I thought about what I wanted to share tonight. And I studied and I looked and I dug and I just couldn't get to the point that I felt good about what I was studying. And then God laid upon my heart the message that I have for tonight. 
I think that as I've grown older in the ministry, that I've learned some things. I think that I've learned more about Jesus. I think I know more about him today than I did uh, 30, 46 years ago, or it's been longer than that. Uh, now it's been probably 50 years ago when I started preaching, pastoring a mission for the first time. And I wanted, especially you younger men, to find out now what you can expect as you serve the Lord. You're going to grow in the Lord and you're going to develop. But I wished and I pray with all my heart that you would consider what I'm about to share with you. Because I think you need to know more about your Jesus. And I think as older folks, that's, that sounds terrible to me, Brother Byron. When I first come, the first time I preached here, I was 18 years old. Now I'm older than that. But I thank God that God has taught me some things. And I want to share some of those things with you. And I want to encourage you to listen to God's Word and hear the message from God. Because He has a plan for your life that you really have no knowledge of. And it doesn't matter if you're my age or whoever's age, God's not through with us. God's got something for us to do. And I found out that even when I gave up my pastorate, that God still had something for me to do, Brother Moore. I can still serve the Lord and, and uh, be just as uh, excited about God's work as I ever was. But I learned something more about God tonight that I want to share with you. In Galatians 2 and verse 19, I want you to turn there with me and I want to read actually three verses of Scripture. What will bring meaning in your life? What's brought meaning in your life? What have you to count for and be thankful for in your life? You know, I, I hear the words in the Bible and I can, I can imagine what it would be like or what it's going to be like when I stand before God. And I want to hear these words. Above everything else in my life, I want to hear when God can say, 
well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. Now, I may not. I'm a man. I've been saved by the grace of God, and I'm a sinner, and always have been. And I don't know what all the qualifications are, but I know I want to hear those words. I want God to tell me that I've done a good job. Raised my family, and they're all in church. I thank God for each and every one of them. So I look at that and I say, that was by the grace of God. When my wife and I first got into the church, my daughter, my oldest daughter, was three months old. We went to a little church in Baycliff, Texas. And we started serving the Lord there. We joined the church on Sunday morning, one Sunday morning, and the next week, next Wednesday night was business meeting, and they came and we, they talked to me, and they said, Brother Bobby, we want you to be our BTC superintendent. And I said, I'll do anything. I was just silly enough to think that it was all right. So they elected me that night as BTC superintendent. And I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know what a BTC superintendent was. We got home that night and Gail kind of snickered. And she said, you know what a BTC superintendent? I said, I have no idea. But you're going to have to help me. She said, you've got to get up before the church every Sunday night and bring a devotional. I said, well, okay, what's a devotional? She told me. I, was, I didn't know anything about the Lord. I didn't know anything about the Lord's work. I was saved. And I knew I was saved. And I was excited about finally giving over to the Lord. And giving my life. I knew that. But I didn't know what God had in store for me. That little BTC superintendent's job. I was scared to death. I was shy, believe it or not. I was scared to death, believe it or not. I remember I went to, I think the first church to preach away from my home church was down in Galveston. We used to have a church down there. And uh, they invited me down as a young minister to come preach for them. Well, I went down there and I got up to preach and my wife was sitting about where Derek is here on, on the front pew and way back there in the back there was a special fellow. And I began to preach and I kind of got a little bit excited. I looked over at Gail and you know how wives look at you? That's what I was getting. She said, I didn't think about that. I didn't do, I'm a, but anyway. Scared me to death. I said, what have I said that's wrong? And it was shortly thereafter that this man back there on the, close to the back, back of the church, he began to snore. And he snored louder than I could preach. I couldn't keep up with him. 
Nobody punched him and woke him up. He just continued to snore and I continued to preach. But God taught me some things in my young ministry. My pastor at that time, after I'd been preaching, or surrendered after I surrendered for a while, he said, Bobby, I want you, I want to start a mission down in Lamar, Tech City area, and I want you to go down there as a missionary. I said, but I don't think I'm ready. He said, Brother Bobby, I think you are. So he had found a building and, a, and everything that we needed to start with. And so God, I, God called me. I said, i got to pray about that. And God called me and we began uh, to build a church. And God blessed. When I left the church, they were running about 125 or 30 in Sunday school. It works when you get out and do it. I was young and didn't care. I just went every night doing God's work. And I'm saying this because I want to kind of give you where I've been. God has always led me, and where He leads me, He's always been there with me. Every step of the way. Paul said in Galatians 2 and verse 19, For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. Verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God is a holy and a righteous God. God gives us grace. All we have to do is claim that grace. It's kind of like getting saved. You can hear about salvation all your life. But do you believe it and allow Christ to come in and fill your heart with the grace that's needed? You'll never understand it. As long as you try to do it yourself, you'll never understand what grace really means. You'll never understand until you start letting letting go and let God help you. I know that we live for God to, by allowing Christ. I want you to get this. But by allowing Christ to live His life through our bodies. It's not my body. It belongs to the Lord. He created it. He's watched over it through the years and He's protected me. He's given me everything I need. It's His body. And you men and women need to realize, or most now it's only men, you need to realize that you don't get it 
and you don't enjoy it till you let your body be the, be the house in which the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Amen. That's what it's all about to be a Christian. And God gives us the grace that we'll never understand. I don't think, I still don't understand how good God is. I know, but this one thing I've learned, I know today, whenever I've needed God, He's always been there. His grace has been sufficient for every need I've had in my life. And I know for you, it's the same way. If you will let God live in your life and in your body and let Him work through you, there's nothing that cannot be accomplished with God. Let's talk about churches. I pastored two in my ministry. And I love both of them. I love the people in them. Now some of them, it was difficult to love. But they were put there for a purpose. They taught me things that I need today. They taught me about grace. They taught me about faith. They taught me about trusting God that everything's going to be okay if you just let God handle it. I know what we can do. We are to be so melted into God, into Christ, that it is through Christ, it is though Christ is walking in our bodies. Every moment of every day. You know, I get up every morning and today I praise God for just being able to put my two feet on the ground in the morning. And you know, I start my day that way. I said, thank you, Lord, that I can just put my feet on the ground and stand up. Now, you young people don't know anything about that. I didn't when I was a young preacher. I didn't know I preached it, but I didn't understand it. I believed it, but I still didn't understand it. But God has always been in my life because I've allowed Him to be there. And I wanted Him there. We're just be so in union with the with fellowship with Christ. That it is as though we are but branches on the vine. We're just extensions of God, what God has for us to do. I look in the Bible, and this is not anything new. Throughout the Bible, God used me. I think about old Moses. No, oh uh, yeah, Moses. Y'all have to forgive me. Sometimes I forget who I'm talking about. Oh, Moses, God, you remember when God called Moses up to the burning bush? And God told Moses that he had a job for him to do? 
He wanted to go to Israel or go to Egypt and, and rescue the people of God. Moses said, who am I, Lord? God literally said, it's not you. It's what I'm going to do through you. I'm going I'm to change and bring the Israelites out of Egypt through you. So Mo Moses said, but God, I can't talk. God said, don't worry about it. Did, did, don't you know that I created all things and I can give you what you need? But God, I can't do that. And I wonder what it would have been like for Moses if he would have said, Lord, if I can't talk, you talk through me. I know beyond all doubt in my heart that as Moses went to the Pharaoh, that God would have given him the words that he needed to say and the ability to say them. He, didn't, he wouldn't have needed Aaron. I know maybe that was all in God's plan. Oh, but if he had just said yes, there's the burning bush. He said yes to God. I'll go. You know I can't talk, but you give me grace. And God you would have used a stuttering preacher to stand before Pharaoh and conquer the, the Egyptians if God had just heard Moses say. Okay, now that was the first of his ministry. Now God blessed him and went around it and God let Aaron speak for him and we know all of that. But what would it have been like if Moses, if Aaron, Moses would have said, Okay, Lord, I'll do it. How many times have we said, but God? But God, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I don't have the ability to do that. I don't have the knowledge to do it. God said, but go and I'll provide what you need every step of the way. I'll guide you to where you need to be and I'll give you what you need to have when you get there. And God has never, ever, ever failed me. He's always been there. We're to live trusting in God. Now, that word trusting there to me means, and it means faith. We're to live by faith. It's not what we can do because I know, I've been around long enough to know, I can't do anything without the power of Almighty God. But I know that God can do anything if we will let Him use us, use our bodies to minister to this world today. We would have churches filled if pastors but stop being so proud of what they've accomplished and brag so much about what they've done. Folks, you had, men, you hadn't done anything. Amen. You hadn't done a thing. God has done His work 
And you were just blessed to be an instrument. Men in churches today, you are a blessing to people when you let God live through you. To bring meaning to life, we must love as He loved. The one thing I've learned in the Scriptures, God is love. And I've read that for years. And I've really begun to come to understand God is love. God is love. If you want to talk about God, if you want to give a description of God, God's love. He loved me when I was a sinner. Saved my soul. He loved you and gave you grace to be called and to call upon Him. And He came into your heart and He filled your life. It wasn't anything that you did. It was all what He did on the cross of Calvary and the resurrection when He rose from the dead the third day. It wasn't you, it wasn't me, it was God. And He loved us. And you look at that, that word, God is love, and you look at that word love, and you think about God loved me enough. So much that He sent His Son, His only Son, to come down here and to live, to set an example for the world, that through Him, the world might be saved. He called Jesus back to heaven and he sends you out to love people enough to live and let Christ live in you. You are representing the Lord in every place you go. It doesn't matter. I heard a fellow the other day, well, I'm going on vacation. I don't have to go to church. You know something. That's sad. I would go to I didn't go to church with the idea that when things were settled and done, I could take a vacation. I never wanted a vacation from the Lord. Amen. I never turned and wanted God, just give me a vacation. I just want to get away from the Lord. Lord help us. We need to stand up and realize that you cannot take a vacation from God. Wherever I've ever been, God's been there. He was left there a long time before I ever got there. And He's still there today even though I'm not there. He's still there. He's with you. He's with me. Every step of the... God loves us. And he wants us to have fellowship with him. He wants to use you, your body, to reach the world. You, After all, according to what I understand about the word of God, you are the means through which Christ reaches the world. How many of us are so concerned about stuff that we forget about God. You know, well, you know, I need this and I need that. And you leave God out. You forget about God. Folks, 
I need stuff. I need stuff from God. I need more today than I ever have before. I need more grace. I need more strength. I pray every day. I face things in my life that I never faced before. You know, I was a missionary Baptist preacher. And I didn't have a million dollars when I retired. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even planning on retiring. But one day I got sick. And I think maybe that was the only way God could have got me out of it. So I wasn't prepared to retire financially. But you know what? My wife and I have lived just real well. There's been times when we had to get out and pray and trust God because we didn't have enough money to buy groceries. But you know what? I never went hungry, even to this day. This week, Gail was worried. My wife was worried about Well, she had to spend some money. And she didn't know what we was going to get the money because, you know, it's the first of the month coming. Or the last of the month when I get mine. Well, how am I going to pay for this? I said, Gail, What's God already taught us time and time again in these last few years? Trust God. The next day she went out to the mailbox and there was a check there. And God covered what she needed to do because she was going to do something for the Lord and she needed the money to do it. And God provided it. God provided everything I needed. I didn't have a home. I didn't have a house. I lived in a parsonage for the last 30 years. And when I said, I, re- I, I resign, I'm retired, I'd worked on that house. I'd done all this stuff to it. And I went off and left it. But you know what? God had already taken care of that. I didn't see it right then. I didn't know what I was going to do. It's like when I resigned from my first pastorate. I didn't have a church. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. And I told the church I was going to be leaving the first of the month. Before the end of the month, I had church call me to come breach. I'd already retired. I was just, you know, running out my time. That's when you're, you know, you don't have any authority. You just preach to people. The first Sunday that I was out of church, the first Sunday I I was there one Sunday, the next Sunday, I went to faith. Isn't God amazing? I didn't know about that. Now, a lot of people got to see the whole map before they, before they step out. Well, I'm just foolish enough to believe that God can do anything. God is an awesome God, folks. He's a God of love. He loves us. He cares about what we are, what we're doing. 
And he always takes care of his children. Then we need to to get involved. To have meaning to our lives. If you don't get involved in God's work, your life will mean nothing. You can put all the money that you, you can save up so when you retire you'll have it made. And that's a good, I'm not saying that's not right. But I am saying if you put that before God, then you're wrong. God's always, you know, He's taking care of us. Life and being involved in the Lord. And yes, that includes being involved in the Lord's church. But just... I think we ought to get up here for double. Just imagine. Just think about this for just a moment. Just think about then God will be there with you. And your life will bring will be meaningful. You know, I today, I work at a funeral home part-time a couple of days a week. Today, we had a chief of police that had retired long ago, and, but he died and they had a service and they had a big blowout. I mean, all the big shots came down, the mayors of three towns, four towns came, and all this was going on. But I never heard one person say anything about what the man had done for God. It's what he had done for the community. Now, I don't doubt the man was a good man. There's a lot of good people in this world. He was a good man. He was concerned about people and their welfare. But folks, you've got to realize that the only thing that counts in your life is what you've done for God. It's all it counts. Our lives, our day in and day out life, should be built around faith, knowing that God is there. What can, what can we do? What could we do without faith? You think about that. Now, you know, people say, well, I trust God, but. I believe can, God can do it, but. but. You know, I, I used to have a lot of bullet, Billy Goat Baptists in the church. Everything they had, everything they believed, they budded. 
uh, you know, and they still don't get it. People still don't get it in what it means in your life each day to live for the Lord. I want to be an example. I want to be when God look at looks at or God's people look at me, they can say, Brother Bobby was a man of God. I want them to say that. I want he was a man that loved people just like God did. And that's a hard thing to do. And people always give you that but. You don't know what them people did to me. They didn't do anything compared to what they did to Jesus. And He loved them. The men that drove the nails in His hands and in His feet and hung Him from the cross, He prayed the last prayer. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Could we do that? They spit upon Him. They mocked Him. They beat Him beyond recognition. And yet He said, Father, forgive them. That's love, folks. And that's faith in knowing that God, what's best is yet to come. What's best is yet to come. Faith in the God will bring about meaning for your life. It'll bring meaning to your life. In 1 John 5 and verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Did you hear that? Whatsoever, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. I don't believe the world can get the better of God's people. Now I know we tempted and we stumble and fall from time to time. I'm not telling you I've lived a perfect life. You know I haven't. Many of you have been around me long enough to know that every once in a while I fall short. And it's more, more often than I care to admit. A lot of times I fall short and nobody knows but me. Well, sometimes I fall short and nobody knows it but Gail and me. And God. The sad thing about it is for many times when I fell short, my children knew about it. My wife and my God, but me especially. Praise God for conviction. He convicted me. That's not right. You messed up. And we all do. But God doesn't look on the outside, folks. He looks within our hearts. It's not about you. It's not about anything you've ever done. All your things that you think are so important to God are worth absolutely nothing in God's sight if you don't have the right heart. God blesses people and God judges by what your heart feels. What's in your heart? You ever go to church and you preachers and you men maybe can understand this. You call for work day at the church Nobody shows up but you. And you look around and, well, why should I do this? Nobody else can. And I get out there and I get on the lawnmower and I start mowing the yard. And I'm just grumbling all the time, but I'm doing the Lord's work. 
I get it all mowed and I've, you know, sweated. And all those things that preachers are not supposed to do. And I realized all my work is in vain if my heart's not right with God. I don't do it for man. I do it for God. And I want to do it because God loved me. And I love the Lord. And I want to serve Him. And I learned that over the years. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is absolutely impossible to please God. You can't please God if you don't trust Him. If you don't turn all things over to Him. If you don't allow Him to work through you. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently, constantly seek after God. All oh, God's good when we are trying to do what we ought to do. The last thing I want to mention tonight we need eternal values in our life to bring meaning to our lives. You know, Matthew 6 and verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourself treasures on earth, upon earth where, moths, see, where moth and rust doeth corrupt and where the thief breaks through and steals. How many of you have ever had anybody come in and steal your stuff out of your house? Anybody in your house is broken? Doesn't it make you feel bad? Well, it's not worth anything anyway. Your life is more valuable than all the stuff you got. But that's what the people were about. The earthly things. Those who live only for themselves and pursue temporal things are the most happy, unhappy in this world. For a Christian to know what it is like but not experience it is a miserable thing. I know in my life, even though I preached for years, I get out of the will of God from sometimes. And I know when I get out of the will of God, I'm miserable. God doesn't let me rest. And I praise God for that. He convicts me. And He continues to, to, to convict me till I finally say, Lord, I'm tired of being convicted. I'm tired of being miserable. I forsake it and I want to follow you. Whatever it might be. Life can only be meaningful, meaningful, meaningful when eternity, eternal values are kept in proper focus. God said, lay up your treasures in heaven. But you know, I, I, I thought about that as, as a young Christian, young preacher. I used to think about that being, well, when I get to heaven, 
time I went to a meeting, that man was sitting there. And I've been attending meetings since 1965. I went to my first associate meeting in Galveston. I'll tell you why. It's my Thursday night.